everybody welcome back to monetize uh today we have heston back on hello how's it going guys good to be back so we're just going to jump right into it the more overarching overarching topic today is finding success and productivity and motivation during the pandemic um, so we're going to cover stuff like uh, what it was like when the pandemic started what the process was like getting through it and if you had trouble with motivation or productivity uh, you know getting through those obstacles um, and what it's like now that the pandemic has eased up in some places like where Heston lives where Heston lives um, and what it's like now in the US and kind of all that kind of stuff and how it's going to affect and is affecting um, our ventures and business in general. So let's hop right into yeah. it. Cool. So Eston, uh, kind of explain how COVID affected Bermuda. Well, we we shut down our borders pretty much completely. Um, mm-hmm. We weren't allowing pretty much any foreigners in. Uh, Bermudians were even having a hard time coming home. Yeah. Um, we required masks everywhere. Uh, for a few months there, we... We were doing quarantining, um, not quarantining, like uh, lockdowns. Yeah. Where basically you couldn't leave your home unless there was a reason to. Um, we had, it was basically martial law for a little bit. Uh, we had the military right. out conducting, mm-hmm. you know, searches and that type of thing. Uh, you had to shelter in your own house. You couldn't actually be sheltered with anyone else, which was crazy. Um, That's so interesting. There was, yeah. So there was, there was stuff like that going on. Um, I know a lot of my family works at a farm. We run a farm. Um, and the sales at the farm shop went through the roof. Uh, everyone wanted to eat healthier. That type of thing all happened. I didn't even um, think about that. Yeah. So it affected some some businesses in ways like that. A lot. I know that happened with a lot of other businesses and essential healthcare. Uh, not healthcare, but essential workers, uh, essential businesses, a lot of their profits skyrocketed. So uh, that's pretty much what happened in Bermuda. We're kind of easing out of it now. Um, now we're we're pretty much completely open, I would say. I mean, I think pretty much, yeah. Foreigners still have to do a, a short uh, a short quarantine, like a three-day quarantine they where, get there. while they get their test results. Yeah. But, you know, after they get their first test result, um, they can pretty much roam the island, do whatever they want to do. Uh, and Bermudians can go in and out pretty much uh, scot-free. Nice. So so with the, the whole farm and the, the organic foods and stuff, people want to eat healthier, I'd never even thought about that as an aspect of like, there's a pandemic going around. Also, I'm in quarantine, right? I think a lot of people in quarantine are seeing different um things with their health mental and physical health yes and so i didn't even think about that with you know you and a lot of your family work within a a farm in bermuda yes and the you said the sales skyrocketed yes they did and so there was this huge um trend of just Almost wanting to eat healthy, wanting to eat local foods, wanting to eat organic, good for you foods. Um, I don't know why I'm so blown away by that, <laughs> but I mean, it makes sense. It does it make makes, sense. It makes pretty perfect sense. Yeah. Um, what other businesses do you think benefited, at least in Bermuda, benefited from the pandemic? I think almost every business that did not have to shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so I know a lot of people personally, I, I know a lot of entrepreneurs in Bermuda, a lot of business owners who were negatively affected because right. they had to shut down their businesses. Yeah, of um, course. But I think that almost every business that didn't have to shut down for one reason or another actually profited because uh, everyone obviously, you know, had to lock down and they were looking for almost any excuse possible to get out of the house. Right. So, oh, you know, I've got to go to, you know, I've got to go pick up some groceries or I've got to go do this. And people were scared by the pandemic, which is why they wanted to eat healthier. They wanted to eat uh, more organic, good for you food. Um, so I think that virtually every business that in the in initial lockdowns didn't have to shut down ended up profiting from the pandemic. Yeah. So at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, what was it like for you personally with like, did you struggle with with all the lockdowns and stuff and the quarantine you had to do, did you struggle with um, kind of motivation in your day-to-day -day life, productivity, stuff to do with business? What, like, what was that like? I don't think that I struggled as much as some other people because, like I said, we were uh, almost considered essential workers. Mm -hmm. uh, well, we were considered essential workers. Um, so we were able to leave the house and go to, you know, work and, and, we uh we did deliveries we did stuff like that right um because of where we worked so i was able to actually leave the house more than a lot of other people it did hurt me in my personal relationships more yeah. than anything um some people took the the lockdowns more seriously than others right and uh, a lot of people i knew took it extremely seriously yeah so um they didn't want to you know risk getting caught uh, breaking lockdowns basically yeah um so i couldn't see a lot of people that i was really close with for a long time yeah for a few months it was so so for you personally it had i think more of an effect on your social life yeah and your your whole like your relationships more than your um productivity and yeah i got a lot of stuff done <laughs> during that time nothing else I did to get do a lot you know? of things done <laughs> yeah <laughs> um I also met some incredible people online because, you know, again, nothing else to do. Right. So it, there was a lot of good to come out of it. But um, yeah, but that was the part most negatively affected was my real life social life. Okay. Uh, yeah, I know for me, I, at the beginning of the pandemic, I struggled a lot with just figuring out what to do because yeah. I, here in the States, everything I do is a lot of times built off of seeing people, having a social aspect to your life, having uh, being able to see people interact with people, like go to lunch with people and hang out with people wherever, you know, like I go biking right. a lot and stuff like that. And so without that aspect of my life, like literally kind of cut off, um, it, it was, I, I found difficulty trying to fill that, time in my void. day yeah that void in my day um, yeah because i just didn't have anything to do and so that makes a lot of sense i think that a lot of people struggled with that exact yeah feeling during the and pandemic. I, I think i was lucky enough not to need a social interaction as much as some people you know because some people yeah. really need that um physical conversation physical touch you know like that face-to-face -face kind of hanging out with your friends and yes. not having that can really affect some people's mental health. Yeah, I completely agree. I see it in a lot of people that I know. Yeah. Um, they, they were impacted 
extremely hard from uh, the lockdown, the strict lockdown procedures. Um, and it took a big toll on their mental health. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I think that it was, it was the bad part of the lockdown. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, it, it just made me bored <laughs> and like that boredom left me feeling like that boredom led to me feeling like useless in a sense. Cause I was like, I'm like, what am I, I'm like laying in bed at like two, 2 PM. Like I, yeah. I have nothing to do. It's like, Oh God, you know, what's the meaning of life at this point? <laughs> <laughs> so you start having existential crises, everything yeah. goes haywire. You have no idea what you're supposed to be doing <laughs> with any part of your day. And suddenly you're dancing on TikTok at 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> you find yourself, you find yourself getting into the TikTok trends yourself and recording yourself dancing on TikTok. Oh, yeah, man. not for me, but I can see how. <laughs> I can I'm see sure how TikTok, TikTok got popular. I'm sure that TikTok loved. Yeah, the I whole mean, pandemic I mean, stuff. on the on the topic of businesses that thrived, technology, like uh, yeah. social media platforms, any app that connected you to somebody else. Uh, wow. Booming, yeah. you know, Discord, yeah, Instagram, any social media, Snapchat, well, Zoom, Twitter. Basically Zoom. came out of nowhere, right? Yeah. Zoom's a like multi-billion a dollar company, company now. now. It's Which huge. Which is insane. Um, right. It, I think that, and um, no, you go. I think that it also showed uh, how archaic a lot of systems that we had were. Yeah. Um, our entire basically business structure of having everybody come into a multi-million dollar per year office to uh, sit at a desk and do work for eight Absolutely. hours straight, you know, and businesses that stayed open and were able to operate throughout the pandemic, uh, even in a remote setting, uh, virtually had no changes. And I think that it took a big thing like uh, a pandemic to shift that perspective and make it normal totally. for someone to work from home. Yeah. It, um it's interesting how I think I've told you about this before uh, how people in like those cubicle offices like those stereotypical bunched up cubicle bland <laughs> office buildings that um, like when they went home they felt I think a lot better with their productivity like they, they were motivated they were in a comfortable space literally their house um, and so they got a lot more done, but I think it's interesting how a lot of people that worked at places like, um, Google or places like, like on the campus of Google, um, or at like mm -hmm. the Apple campus and those innovative, uh, offices, I think actually had a lot more stay at home fatigue while working. Right. Because, right. because these offices are built to be a space for collaboration. You know what I mean? Cause in a cubicle, yeah. you're literally shut off from anybody to talk to you have to stand up and look at somebody or go to go to the cafeteria or whatever right and so it, well, all it's kind of like all the google and facebook people had to start buying their own coffee and bringing it home you know <laughs> they need to like, get their bagels uh, they needed to find where to get bagels <laughs> no more free coffee and food and bagels and nap no centers. more no more breakfast donuts like what's going on right uh but yeah all these innovative How how many people do you think actually get access to that stuff in the Google offices? Is it everybody? Like, does the I, janitor get to steal some M and M's? I hope so. It's like right. everybody, everybody's having a feast, and the janitor's in the corner, like eating his. Fat Is it lunch? only like the the biggest, like the top of the 
top of the food chain software engineers, the managers? Right. Is it everybody? Do, does everybody just get to go take a 20 minute nap whenever they want? <laughs> You've seen the videos, right? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, they no, have, like, exactly. Thinking it's, centers. It's a new age office. It's a new age work ethic. Yeah. Do, does Do you even have cubicles there? Do you just grab your laptop and sit I, on like a... <laughs> I mean, I know the Amazon office in, I think, New York. No, it may be Seattle. So I think it's the New York Dome. You know the dome? It's like all glass and it's like a bunch of plants inside and trees. We've we've looked at it before and I believe that you said that it wasn't the one you were thinking of because it was extremely small. I think you're right, but but there are it's like multi-level platforms of like catwalks just going throughout the office and there are like some office spaces um and conference rooms, but mainly it's just like tables like kind of like a just like a lunch table right so you just come to work like, and you kind of like chill <laughs> yeah and you and there's like a cafeteria i think at the bottom level and there's like benches all around on the walls and you just like pick a spot you know what i mean i think that ultimately that's a really that's like a happy medium because everybody's in one spot that is enjoyable to be in you can find somebody if you need to everyone's there uh right it, so if you have scheduled things that need to be done in person then they're there exactly but at the end of the day you have everybody in a slack uh in a slack channel for that specific like group and yeah. you say this is what you got to get done today and they get it done and it's like and they're in a comfortable space while doing it yeah they're in a comfortable space but you know where they are like if you need them, you can be like report to meeting room A or whatever, right? Right. It's like it's just a big company-owned coffee shop. Yeah, pretty much. Where everybody there is an employee. Yeah, seriously. And it's really interesting because I think like startups that you see now, and I think you know years ago when you start a company, you're in usually a small space as in somebody's house or a tiny rented office because you have no money and you're in a in a collaborative you're forced to be collaborative right yeah and not just from a work standpoint but you're forced to be collaborative because you're all there in an open space literally like looking at each other from wall to wall yeah or like you're at, the other you're at thing one about, big table yeah i think that the other thing about the the startup environment is that while there's a boss nobody is really above each other right mm-hmm. i think that that's a, a thing imperative to the startup environment where it's like you know if if there were 10 people in this room, sure, I may be paying you guys, but I'm not, you know, all of you guys have a say. We're in this tiny little room together, right? right? Yeah, and everybody's wearing, everybody's wearing a lot of hats. Like, <laughs> yeah. every, like, do you know what I mean by that I say that? Like, do, everybody, yeah. everybody, everybody has a lot, has of, a lot of roles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you said that, the immediate thing that jumped to mind was just 40 hats on top of everybody's head. <laughs> yeah, but... it's kind of out of the blue. But, yeah. like, but everybody has mean. a lot of roles, and so... They, I think all in a sense, in a lot of startups at least, I think all in a sense feel like they're all just contributing. Equally. They're all important. Yeah. Exactly. I it's think like, that well, when you work in a company that's too big, you can almost feel like what you're doing is meaningless. Yeah, exactly. But if you're in a tiny startup and you're doing 25% of the workload, it's like, wow, I'm actually making a difference here. I'm actually right. doing something. Um, but so, so that startup environment, I think is now being replicated to a sense in these billion dollar offices, right? Which is interesting because we've evolved from the startup to like cuticles, cubicles (laughs) (laughs) to cubicles and now back to just an evolutionized startup, like a bigger startup environment, just open space, 
plants, anything like just a comfortable space to work in. And so the people that to get kind of back on track, the people that were working in those environments and in those offices uh, are seen to be feeling a lot more uh, work at home fatigue from the pandemic. Is that a study that's been done or something? There are multiple. uh, There are like a few articles I read on it. Right, that kind of point to some studies and stuff. Um, That would be interesting to look at the actual statistics. Yeah, Um, if there was a like a wide study, I couldn't find any wide studies on it, but it's something kind of like that was a conversation going around that I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, it seems to make sense if you really love where you're working and your environment, then why would you want to go home? (laughs) Right, which is really pushing the needle towards these companies instead of just renting out a space, actually building. A, a space that's built for collaboration and a healthy workspace that people actually want to go to to work because that's really Here's what's Here's an interesting question in the same vein. Do you think that that same type of premise would work for, for example, a law or accounting firm? Um, or do you think it's something that's more geared towards creative type uh, environments or creative that's type a, That's jobs? a very good question because – with something like a law firm, I think they're working like the partners or just the lawyers in general um, are working very much on their own projects. You know what I mean? Like right. there's not usually um, – you know, don't exactly quote me on this because I've never worked for a law firm. But there's not <laughs> – it, it, what I know, I don't think there's really usually uh, a client – um, like usually a client has their lawyer at a law firm. Yes. You know what I mean? And yeah. sometimes the lawyer will ask for advice from this lawyer because they more specialize in this specific um, sector of law. You know what I mean? Or uh, they need they need access to a whole bunch of files or right. information or Whatever a paralegal. Or, right. right. Um, but usually they're all working on their separate products with their different clients. Right. Um, and so that's a very interesting question because I think – if I were a lawyer, I'd want my own office. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To like with my own space, not really a shared space because what I have to do is not really it's 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 law, but it's not related inherently to my It's colleagues. a separate project, right? Right. Um So that's a really good question. Is the are the people working for Google that have these massive shared spaces, are all of their projects related though? Because I mean, it seems to be the same type of thing, right? Right. So uh, more, it's more of a question of the creative space versus the creative, like um, work. The creative environment versus, versus, yeah. Yeah. Because I I, I don't know if that type of thing would um, be conductive to a law firm. I mean, it very well could. Um, yeah, couldn't couldn't really tell you. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think that we're too qualified to speak on that subject. Right. Um, so yeah, I think so. How do you think personally? What are your opinions on how the pandemic is going to affect business in the future? Like businesses popping up, like what type of businesses are popping up? And yeah, kind of a hefty question, right? This is a very loaded question. Um, I think it can go a couple ways. Uh, Obviously, I'm nowhere near qualified enough to speak in depth on these subjects. I've right, exactly. Listened to, I've tried to do a lot of research into this type of thing, and I've um, 
I've listened to a lot of very smart people who are all saying mm-hmm. similar things. From the looks of it, in the United States, 40% of all of their money in circulation has been printed in between 2020 and 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, over 40%, actually. That looks like it has the possibility of leading to some insane inflation numbers, mm-hmm. uh, almost hyperinflation. Um, if that is true and that comes, then I think that no businesses are going to end up doing too well in that time period. Right, just because um, it's a yeah, economic it's yeah, hyperinflation. Yeah. Um, let's say somehow that gets avoided uh, post pandemic i think and everything's open back up again i think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for new businesses to be started because old businesses that didn't have you know the funding to get through the pandemic have closed down which just leaves a lot of inherently empty spaces for new businesses to come in right um especially restaurants people love to eat out you know uh there was a reason there were so many while they don't make a lot of profit and their profit margins are quite thin um they people love them uh so i think that businesses along those lines are going to end up doing great in a post pandemic world. As long as nothing else happens, as long as an economic pandemic almost doesn't happen. Right. Um, I think that a lot of businesses like that are going to spring up and do really well. Um, But it's really a really big question that I don't know, unless we break it down further, I don't quite know how to answer too well. Well, uh, I'll bring it down a little bit further because I kind of have a branching off question. What I, we've seen stuff like um, education technology companies, uh, like Zoom. Well, kind of. Zoom is really a conference, but it's being used for that field. Um, and Google Classroom is really taken off. Yes. And stuff like that for technological education, right? Education over the internet with virtual classes and virtual homework, all that kind of stuff. So what else do you think what other genres of business what's the new big market you think right what's the next thing after right after like the pandemic? Say, say from an in from from an investing standpoint right like if you wanted to put money in something whether it's in stock of a company or funding a company or creating your own company like what do you think is the niche, a genre, yeah, the niche of business that you should to, go into to, to keep to keep an eye on. Um, I think that I think that before COVID, before the pandemic in general, mm-hmm. um, there were some industries that were growing and were projected to grow at a at a massive rate already. So, for example, the the e learning uh, the e learning niche of businesses, I guess, Skillshare, um, <laughs> Skillshare, uh, Coursera, that type of, yeah. that type of, uh, environment, I guess you could say they were already projected to become massive industries, right? They were, uh, they were projected to have like a 25% growth going into year on year, um, or in wow. a three year period, it was, it was massive. Um, yeah. and I think that COVID has only increased that likelihood right i guess you could say i think that as people have stayed home and realized that they can do more things on their own um they've realized that they don't need 
traditional learning atmospheres mm-hmm. anymore. They don't need college. They don't need uh, things like that as much anymore. And I think that the e-learning environment is going to become really big. Um, in that same vein, I think that people are starting to get more interested in ways that they can increase their wealth to handle situations like this. And I think that anything to do with um, building building wealth, uh, creating passive income. Like um, economical freedom, yeah, financial freedom. NFTs, uh, cryptocurrencies, that type of thing is, while the individual things like NFTs and cryptocurrencies might not take off, the environment around them, the sphere of people being interested in them, I think is continuing to grow and will continue to grow through, uh, through the pandemic, uh, after the pandemic. And especially with things happening now, like the game stock, uh, the GameStop stock situation, yeah. I think that all that's contributing to that. That's another big industry to watch out for, I think. All right. Super interesting. So last question, if you could give kind of one this is kind of backtracking a bit to what we started on uh if you could give kind of one tip or one yeah just one tip uh to people struggling with finding productivity right now or struggling to find motivation to uh pursue the business they want to start or just uh finding new hobbies or pursuing their current hobbies what would, what do you think you'd say to them so what tip you would give to somebody who is struggling for motivation to jump into the thing that they've been wanting to do basically. Um, It's a difficult question because it differs for each person, right? Mm. So one of the things that I would say is look into what style of motivation works for you. Um, So despite popular belief, there are different styles of motivation that work differently for different people. Um, And I think that, looking into those and identifying what group you fall into helps you position yourself for uh, staying motivated about something for a longer period of time. Um, The next thing is you can't always just rely on motivation. You have to rely on uh, other factors to get you through the process in the Mm -hmm. long term. So creating a habit, making it stick. um, These are all skills that we could talk about at length for a long time on their own. So I would say just learn about them individually. I think that finding courage to just do it is another big thing. If you're stuck in a phase of overthinking and thinking that you need to have everything perfect rather than just starting it, then you're Mm -hmm. never end up going to end up getting there. Uh, And that's the truth to it. And there's no real advice on how to do that rather than just saying, you know, I'm overthinking this and identifying that and just jumping in and starting even in just a small way. Um, Something else that has really helped me in starting uh, my own business recently. And while I'm still in the process of that, it's looking to get off the ground uh, sooner and sooner. Um, something that's helped me is just doing one thing every day to contribute to that goal. Uh, even if it's tiny, um, just doing one thing to keep in that habit, to keep in that process and to keep your mind on that thing, uh, that whatever it be that you're trying to start. Um, I think that that really helped me and it could help a lot of you. All right. Well, very well said. Thank you, Esten, very much for joining me again. Uh, unmonetized. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you for having me. And I appreciate the conversations we have. I really do. I think they're really valuable to not only us, but a lot of people listening. All right. Well, thanks all for listening. I appreciate it. Have a good one.